Welcome to the Healthy You Podcast. My name is Dawn Funk, and each week, along with special guests, we are going to help you take ownership of your health by equipping you with wellness wisdom. Be sure to check out my website at dawnfunk.com for additional resources. All right, let's get started, friends. Welcome, everyone, to the Healthy You Podcast. I am your host, Dawn Funk, coming to you down here in the panhandle of Florida. And I'm so excited today because we've got an amazing guest who's actually up in Canada and uh, really, really um, have enjoyed just getting to talk with her before the show today. And so we've got Fran Garten, who's going to be talking to us today about strategies for pain-free living. And guys, I have to read her bio. I told her, I'm like, you have so many accomplishments and great things that you've done. And so guys, I just want to read her uh, bio to you just so that you can really, um, and you know, embrace all that she's done and just, you know, the expert that she is when it comes to pain-free living. So Fran Garten is a pain reduction coach uh, for women who want to get rid of pain forever. And through her no BS coaching, which I love that, by the way, and mastery of movement modifications, she adds laughter and fun to your coaching sessions. She shakes up your approach to movement and pain management while making you feel like you've always lived this way. Her adoring fan and customers have called her the caring friend who is ready to give tough love and call you out on your excuses. You are a woman after my own heart, Fran, uh, when needed. And she's also that tiny voice inside your head that is cheering you on. She's the co-author of Body Bliss, The Journey to Body Acceptance, and has been featured on breakfast television's Moving in the Morning. CH Morning Live, Thrive Global, Reader's Digest UK, Mind Medicine Mondays with Delia Beetle. I hope I didn't botch that. What's up with Jay, Dela's Voice, Rachel Benton Coaching, Spice It Up with Sandra, Faith and Fitness Magazine, and has spoken at a variety of workshops. When she is not helping her clients achieve their goals, you can find her. This part is the best right here. You can find her hanging out with her furry donkeys and kittens, engaging an old lady cross-stitch addiction or having a dance party. And you know what? I think it's so cool. And I know you can't see it, but in my house, so I have to tell you this, Fran, I loved cross-stitch too. And um, unfortunately, I haven't done it in a long time, but my mother is still a huge cross-stitcher. And all of the pillowcases, I rotate, I have three of them. All of my pillowcases are personally cross-stitched from my mom. Um, and she made me some new ones with lighthouses and like a beach scene when we moved down here to Florida. So I love cross-stitch too. And uh, I feel like it's one of those like kind of dying arts that you just don't hear about that people do anymore. And so I love that. I thought that was so cool. And my last name's Funk, so I have to love dancing, and uh, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool, but, you know, before we dive into, you know, just some of the strategies that you're going to equip everyone with for pain-free living, I would just love for our, our listeners um, and viewers to get to just hear from you, um, just anything that you would like to share in addition to that, uh, just so that we can connect with you before we dive in um, to today's podcast and interview. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. It's super exciting to be here. And as you're reading my bio, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. Because sometimes, you know, you talk about yourself or you send information to people. And I'm like, what did I send you? So I sent you all 
good stuff. And I'm very happy that I included all of my hobbies. So I, you know, I love to have fun and I love to laugh. So that I think is really important in life. Um, and it's also important in your wellness journey because sometimes it's difficult, but I am a volunteer with the Donkey Sanctuary of Canada. So I'm going to give them a plug. They are a nonprofit organization. They have been around for 30 years. They are in Guelph, Ontario. So I'm in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. So I'm about, they're about an hour and 10 minutes from Toronto. And they rescue donkeys and mules who have been um, neglected or abused, or they've been very well cared for, but their owners are no longer to take, able to take care of them. So mm -hmm. I've been volunteering there with them for five years now. And so, so <clears throat> pardon me. So as much as I can, I go and see the donkeys and volunteer and, and get some love from them. And they're very amazing, compassionate animals. And we call them the forgotten equine mm -hmm. because people about horses which are the same family i could do we could do a whole podcast on donkeys <laughs> honestly um, and so, yeah and so i also um i have personally married the crazy cat lady my husband because uh, we rescue and um all of our cats that we have have been rescued um mm -hmm. from various conditions so um yeah we have five. Oh wow uh, because Aww. my husband decided he needed this last one that we just got three weeks ago and she's Aww. adorable and I love them all but I love animals and you know I said to my best friend why didn't you tell me I married the crazy cat lady she's like you didn't ask me yeah. so there we go so I love animals of all kind and uh yeah so don't shop please adopt look Aww. at your rental organizations even if you can only give ten dollars give them ten bucks because that makes a huge difference in the lives of mm -hmm. all the animals that's so good. Well, and I have to share this. I, was, I know I was looking here real quick for my friend on Facebook, but I don't know if you can see this. This is Queenie. Okay. And this is my friend, Benji Parr. He's a great friend of mine. He lives in Georgia and his wife for his birthday last year bought him a donkey and he's always posting all of their adventures together on their farm in Georgia. And, uh, I like until he got the donkey. And of course, what you just said, I didn't realize they were such like lovable animals that you could have as like a pet. And, um, you know, he's absolutely loved having a queenie, but that is so cool. So that's another connection that you and I have and that I have four dogs. So I'm the crazy dog mom and uh, I have two rescue puppies, Scooby and Shaggy. And uh, they're about a year and a half old now. They're almost a hundred pounds each, but they are brothers. They were left abandoned along with seven other puppies. Um, in fact, Shaggy is what they called the trash can puppy because the eight puppies were found abandoned. And then a couple of days later, he was found in a trash can by a neighbor. Um, didn't know if he was going to make it. And uh, no one ended up adopting him. And so when I went to pick up Scooby, because I was only going to get one dog, I was like, okay, we'll take him. And so we brought home both of them and uh, we just love them so much. And so I love what you shared though, about you know, just the power of adopting and you know, because even my kids, we've said, we'll never, like, we will always adopt now. I mean, moving forward, um, being a rescue, rescue mom is definitely yeah. the way to go. Yeah. So, it's kind of it. funny though you say that though, Don, because it's when you, like, I feel like with the cats, because we have, you know, a long haired black, Odie, then we have Indiana Jones, a short hair black, <laughs> guy, Duncan, and then yeah. we got a guy toopy and then we have a the the last one that we got is um fiona princess yeah. fiona. oh princess yeah 
But I always feel like when you rescue animals, I always feel it's like tattoos. You can't yeah. have just one. Yes. And I, I always feel, like I feel like I, you know when you were a kid and you used to collect like comics or baseball yeah. cards, and you'd like got it, got it, need it, got yeah. it, need. That's how I feel with animals. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's so crazy you say that. Well, because and we used to only have one pet, and that's how it was when my kids were little. But just recently, I've even told my husband, I'm like, you know, we should get one more. I'm like, four just doesn't feel like a lot. Like, I feel like we need another little dog. So that's yeah. still up for debate. He is not yeah. having it right now. But but anyways, well, I agree with you. I think we could have a whole podcast just on animals. But you know what? Today, we are helping people take control of their health. And, you know, for those of you guys that have been listening to prior episodes, um, you know, again, I just want to thank you for being a listener. Um, but, you know, really the heart of this is to help you take ownership of your health and to really just educate yourself. And, uh, you know, and that's what we're going to do today. Fran has got some great strategies when it comes to pain-free living. And so I just want to kind of dive in first to your story and and, you know, you know, you have fibromyalgia. I know that's something that a lot of people are diagnosed with. I know I have a lot of friends that live with fibromyalgia. And so could you just share a little bit about what that is, you know, expand on that a little bit more. And how are you today able to live without pain, even though you have that diagnosis and just share with, with our viewers about that? Sure. Um, so fibromyalgia is... It's lumped into the arthritis family. However, it is not arthritis because it doesn't affect the joints. It is not an inflammatory condition and it is not a progressive or degenerative condition like other forms of arthritis. But I think they just don't really know what to do with it. So they put it in with arthritis. But basically fibromyalgia is an autoimmune condition. And the easiest way to explain um, fibromyalgia is someone who has fibromyalgia has extreme sensitivity to outside stimulus. Mm -hmm. So light, heat, um, touch, uh, even clothing on your body. So textures, um, smells, hearing, everything, every response that someone who has fibro will have towards those various external input is going to be much more extreme. So imagine, Dawn, um, if you banged your hand on the table, you banged the top of your hand and you'd be like, oh, it kind of hurts a little bit. And then it would dissipate. But for someone that has fibromyalgia, that could be hours of pain, mm -hmm. hours. And it could cause a massive pain flare in other parts of their body. So mm -hmm. the extreme response to these, these outside stimuli is probably the biggest um, thing for fibromyalgia. And then the other thing is there are 18 trigger points they're called or pain points. And so there is no uh, test for fibromyalgia. You can't really, you can't do blood work or anything like that. There is blood work that will give you inflammation markers and things like that, but it doesn't test for fibromyalgia. So they use this trigger point or these pain tender points um, system and when you go to their doctor, basically they'll just touch you. And then, so for me, mine are mostly up in my shoulder, which is a very common area. I also have them in my hips. Um, but like just a light touch, and I'm talking literally like pressure of one out of 10 is very intense for me in those trigger points and for people that have fibro. So that um, is sort of the essence of what fibromyalgia is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I was diagnosed. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what can I tell you? I was diagnosed about 10 years ago. And uh, many, if you do a lot of reading on pain and fiber and these kinds of, and other autoimmune conditions, many of them are attached to some kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I use the word trauma, sometimes people think of things that are very extreme, like assault and sexual um, right. abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, but uh, that's not necessarily what trauma is. Trauma can be um, something smaller. It can be, you know, a dis- dissolution of a marriage, which is traumatic. I'm not, right. I'm not minimizing right. that. But you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. have to be something that's very aggressive. Um, yeah. I, um, in 2011, 2012, I ended up losing vision in one of my eyes and I had a migraine and I was in bed for four months. Oh my gosh. And it was stress induced from work. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was pretty intense. And to be honest, even to this day, there's very little I remember about that four month period. And even the, a couple years after it, I I still don't remember, like I have conversations with people and they're like, do you remember you said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We sat here, they're like, we sat here and had coffee and talked about X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I have no recollection. So it really erased that part of my life. Um, so I think that that may have been something that, um, triggered the fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. but there are so many components. Like that's the thing when we talk about pain and we talk about pain reduction and pain management, there is a whole entire world of research out there on pain. Mm -hmm. And the thing with pain is what I want people to, to know about this is that your body doesn't know you have pain until your brain tells you that you do. Yeah. So when people say, well, I have pain. Okay. Do you, or, and I want you to think about this. So for example, a little kid, right? They learn to walk and they're trying to walk and then they fall down. And many times they don't cry. They fall, they get up, they look around, they look at the people around them and see what their reaction is. And if you as the mother goes, oh my God, are you okay? Then the crying starts because the, the child is like, oh, I, I, I might've hurt myself, right? But they don't instantly cry. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. When they're babies, yeah, because they're asking, that's their asking for right. things, food to be changed, sleep, whatever, right? But when they get older, they don't really know. So what happens in our brain is the brain, and I'm, I'm simplifying this. So for all of the, of the <laughs> sciencey people that are out there listening, <laughs> going into the very specific names and detail you don't need that okay you can do more research on it but simplistically what happens is the brain has a catalog of all of our experiences we love to categorize and catalog things it makes our brain and our subconscious mind happy so we have a catalog in our brain so let's imagine i touch a hot stove an element on the stove my brain my my hand does not know it's hot it sends there's a stimulus on the outside it sends the message up the spinal column to the brain and the brain goes Oh, what's that like? Do we have anything in our memory, in our library catalog? Have we done this before or experienced something similar? And the brain goes, yep, we have. It hurt. It caused pain. We don't like it. The message goes back to the hand and then we go, ow. But it happens in like milliseconds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we don't even know that it's actually processing all that stuff. But that's how pain registers. So when we talk about pain, pain is a construction in our brain. Our body doesn't know it's there until our brain tells us, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's kind of like hunger. We don't know. You spend the whole entire day working and then you're like, oh, 
I think I'm hungry. I haven't eaten for eight hours. And then there are other days where you're like, I just ate dinner. You're like, I'm starving. Well, how is it that you just ate? Because there's no, you haven't made the connection to eating or you've been so distracted by doing other things that you haven't thought about food. Yeah. But you should be hungry, but your brain hasn't sent the signal to tell your body that you want to eat. So it's a really important thing when we talk about pain. And this is sort of one of the key messages I want your listeners to get is that they have the power to change their pain story. They have the power to not be in pain. And there are a number of strategies that they can use for that. But the reality comes down to they have to want to do it. And sometimes people do not. And there are a variety of reasons that they do not want to get out of the pain cycle. Well, and I think sometimes too, and I hate to say this, I think sometimes people thrive on being the victim, you know, that victim mindset, because they've kind of realized that by being the victim a lot, they get more attention. So, you know, I could definitely see that, but gosh, you've already said so many things, um, you know, and and I, I know our listeners have heard my story before just even with my own healing journey and, um, you know, just overcoming uh, just a lot of things over the last several years. But, you know, I still, I have flare-ups and it's interesting just recently, you know, I've had a flare-up myself and and mine's always back here in my shoulders too. I haven't actually gone to a doctor to do the trigger points, but I would bet I probably, you know, have fibromyalgia to a certain degree um, and I get those flare-ups. But you're so right that what we think about, we bring about. And, you know, our brains are really, you know, in fact, there's a, a girl that I listened to her podcast. She, she does this whole brain rewiring. Um, there's a lot of research. Uh, I think it's Annie Hopper. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but read some of her books and just again about the power of retraining our brain when it comes to um, sickness and pain. And so you're definitely hitting on some things that I think are giving people hopefully a lot of hope that you know we don't have to be living on pain pills we don't have to be medicated right um you know there are other ways i guess is my point that you can treat and manage your pain without necessarily using pharmaceuticals and i'm not anti pharmaceutical but at the same time I mean, there are a lot of great drugs out there but i do feel like that sometimes that's the quick band-aid you know for a lot of people Um, but unfortunately there can be a lot of side effects with that. Um, and so I love that today, you know, you're going to give people some strategies, um, that they can do to help remove the pain that again, is going to help them take ownership. So I'm excited about that. And gosh, there was one other thing. Oh, I know I was going to ask you just because I was just curious. So this traumatic event, you know, and for me, it was having surgery, uh, and having breath, you know, putting in stupid breast implants, you know, created some autoimmune. And then I think having another quick chest surgery, you know, from having them put in, I think that was, you know, I think surgeries can sometimes be a traumatic event for people, but you talked about the stress, um, and your headache and how you were in bed. So leading up to that event, I'm just curious, did you feel, did you see warning signs that you were kind of pressing the limits of your body too much and and just talk about that i'm just curious because we might have some listeners who are maybe getting to that threshold uh where their bucket might be about to overflow and maybe you can say something to keep that from happening just on reflecting on your own journey in that season so yeah, i'm just curious. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when the actual vision loss happened, um, it was probably, I would say a good, um, I'll give it uh, again, this so I'm going to, my timeline because of, because of what happened is not as clear as I would like. Right. So I'm nine months nine months to a year leading up to the event of the actual vision loss happening. Um, I was exhausted. First of all, exhausted. My pain level, my pain was like 15 out of 10, like mm -hmm. honestly. And my whole entire day consisted of trying not to be nauseous and vomit all the time. That, mm -hmm. like, that was my day. So I basically, and this literally happened for nine months and I was teaching at the time I was an adult educator. So I was in the classroom. Okay. So I get up in the morning, and I would lie in bed and I, and I would think, oh, crap, I got to get up now. Okay, mm -hmm. how's this going to happen? How's this going to work? Am I going to throw up? Okay, well, okay, here we go. One, two, three, and slowly get up, drag myself into the bathroom, right, to get ready, go to the bathroom, whatever, shower, take a gravel so that I could get through getting ready for work, mm -hmm. right? Get myself, oh, I'd cry in the shower. Every day I would cry in the shower. It mm -hmm. was a daily thing. Um, because I was so stressed and burnt out and go to work and get through my day with many times taking gravel. I couldn't really take ibuprofen because for the headaches, because that would interact with the gravel and, and make me sleepy and groggy and couldn't do my job. So I couldn't take that till I got home, um, got home changed out of my clothes, put my pajamas on, took Advil, ibuprofen, went to bed. Um, my husband would come home. I would maybe eat dinner with him and then I'd go to bed. And that basically was my whole entire day. So I basically just got up, functioned, left, came home to bed. And I did that every single day. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that on top of that, like I wasn't sleeping because at the same time, I, I, I believe that at the same time that all of this stuff was happening, the fiber was starting to present itself. So I had pain in my hands and my feet and my legs and I couldn't sleep. I was exhausted. I was irritable. Like I was a bitch, like mm. pardon my language. Yeah. I really yeah. was horrible. It mm. affected my marriage really, really badly. I mean, thankfully we are together and everything is fine, but, uh, mm. I'm surprised. <laughs> There's <laughs> You just kind of think, oh my God. I, and I say this all the time. My husband is a saint. Like he yeah. truly oh, is. He up with everything. And there yeah. were days that, you know, like I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe that he's still here. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of was everything. And I just was really irritable and short with everybody. And I just was unhappy with everything. But the thing is, is that when you're in stress and I think it was stress, but it was also a burnout is mm -hmm. that you just are trying to function. Yeah. And if you're at the space, like, and this is for everyone listening, if you're at the space where you're just trying to function and get through your day, there is something wrong. You right. need to figure it out and get some help and burnout and stress connected to work is real. It mm -hmm. is very, very real. Yeah. And I don't care this. So this is me, my no BS part. I don't give a crap what your employer says. Yeah, you yeah. need to take care of yourself because yeah. this is the thing that I've learned. They will replace you tomorrow. When mm -hmm. I was off on sick leave and I left, so I came into my classroom in the morning. I drove myself to work, not really sure. Like my vision was going. I was having lots of trouble mm -hmm. reading and seeing things and 
a colleague said you should get glasses, which I did. It kind of helped and it, it helped a little bit with the nausea, but really didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I come into my classroom in the morning and I flicked on the lights. Nothing. I can't see anything. And I'm thinking, oh my God. So I waited for a second and the vision came back in one eye, which was lovely. Um, the other eye, nothing. And I dragged literally like I, I slid myself a, along the wall of the hallway because I had to go to the mm -hmm. second floor to my manager's office. And I went in the in her in her office and she's like, you don't look so good. I'm like, I can't see out of my eye. I got a raging migraine. I'm going home. And she was like, yeah, well, I'm like later. And I literally that's what I did. I went later and I walked out. Don't know how I got myself home. Mm -hmm. went to bed and then the next day the that was a friday the next um the sunday we were in toronto with my family and we were having brunch and i remember this so vividly and i'm like i am so nauseous mm -hmm. i don't know how i'm gonna eat this brunch and get home in the car anyway as soon as we got home i went and laid down 20 minutes later i said to my husband i don't feel so good like i don't feel very good yeah so we went to the hospital they gave me some meds and then the next morning was when the vision loss actually happened. Wow. Um, but then I just ended up, they thought I had brain tumor. They thought mm. I had MS, some kind of cancer. Like they had no idea. And what ended up happening was I got diagnosed at an ophthalmologist. So an eye specialist, right? Eye surgeon um, saying that I have what's called central serious retinopathy. Mm. Basically what that is, is the fluid in the retina leaks through and causes blurred vision now it's very common and for people that have a high stress level who are like type a personalities yep, and like me that, right? <laughs> you, know, you know my people right yeah. um so they have it it happens all the time but the thing is is that our brain when we look at something our brain takes its binocular vision and it turns it into monovision that's what our brain does so we don't actually see one image we see two out of one out of each eye and the brain creates one for us mm. that's how we see yeah but in this condition and then with this condition the csr many people have it but they don't know they have it because their brain is still making the one image for them mm. whereas my brain was like no nah, we're done we're tapping out we're not participating in this anymore you need to figure some stuff out we're going to put you in bed. And so I ended up literally in bed and I'm not kidding, Don. I had a migraine for four months. I, I'm not kidding. The only relief I had was when I went to the hospital and they would manually, manually push the Demerol or whatever they were giving, Tramadol, whatever they were giving yeah. in my vein, not through a drip, direct. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes of relief, it would make me pass out. And when I wake up, my husband was carrying me to the car and the migraine came back. Like that's the only relief I ever got. It was horrible. Mm, horrible. Gosh, so if you're feeling so, yeah, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you want to cry all the time, this is a very big indicator that you are stressed out and you are burnt out. Crying mm. and um, bursts of anger, things like that, that utter exhaustion, those are your keys. Those are the triggers that to tell you that there's something going on and you really need to look into fixing this and changing it and, and yeah. being so good. Well, and again, I think, especially, you know, coming out on the other side of COVID, I think, especially the last couple of years, I think every person has been impacted stress level wise from COVID. So I think more than ever, this is something that's going to be extremely helpful for people, like you said, to just kind of take inventory and, you know, and I, I connected with your story so much. I mean, I was in bed for months as well. And 
and I had headaches and stuff too, but mine was more like massive sinus pressure and pain. And, and I had horrible light sensitivity and, and things like that too. But, you know, but it's interesting just going back to what you tell your brain. Right. And so when you were sharing your story, I connected so much because that has been part of my healing is switching my thinking because I would wake up in the morning, no joke, just like you. And I would, the first thing, instead of waking up and being grateful for another, oh, the sun is shining. Oh, I'm grateful. You know, instead of having like a positive thought, the first thing every morning was, oh my God, what hurts today? Oh, how, you know, like what hurts? Like that's what I would focus on. And when you start your day with your brain focused on what hurts, what is wrong with you? I mean, you're literally speaking death over yourself. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that's been a a big part is I literally, I mean, I'm in my bedroom right now. So my uh, desk is, but you know, I literally by my bed now, I have like inspirational quotes and, and things so that when I wake up, I look at that and I'm like instantly inspired and, and have positive things. Um, you know, and that's just been one of my little strategies, but, um, so I want to go back to, so here you are, you're in the season, you have this horrible migraine, extremely sick. So what did you do to like, so here you are, you're miserable. What was the thing that kind of clicked for you to where now, you know, you live pain-free you're on the other side. And, And I do believe like, our struggles and our suffering serves a purpose because now look at you, you're out here sharing your story and you're helping other people. And, and I'm the same way with breast implant illness, just really trying to bring that to light. But what helped you go from where you were extremely sick in bed to now where you are today living without pain? I just would love to, to hear that part. So I would love to tell everybody that as soon as I got sick and then I got better, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I make all the right choices now. That's not what happened. Right. That's not how life works. So what happened was, you know, it was, it was, it was progressive. Um, I went back to work and I, and I really started working on, you know, mindset and, and minimizing my stress and really removing my, so removing myself from work because, so I do not like the expression work life balance. I think it's horrible. I like life work balance Mm -hmm. because our life is the most important thing, not our work. Yeah. I don't, I don't live to work. I work to live. That's all. (laughs) I don't live to work. Like, uh, so really thinking about that separation in that this is my work time and this is my personal time and really trying to change that. So I slowly started to modify what I was doing as far as what I was putting into my work. Mm -hmm. I went down to part-time teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I started playing roller derby. Um, awesome. Yeah. Best best thing I've ever done in my life. If you have done (laughs) you all should try roller it's the best sport that's so cool Um, it's so fun but i started doing that and then what happened was i was ended up being the head trainer for my team i don't really know how that happened maybe my teaching stuff i I don't know (laughs) my father father was a competitive bodybuilder in his younger years maybe just my knowledge i don't know so then i became certified as a personal trainer because i was like i need to help my girls right learn some things so i should have some education so as soon as that happened then i started getting friends saying can you train me and i was like sure so i started this side business of training people yeah and 
as time went on, then I started thinking about, you know, I want to improve my health and my wellness and I need to learn a little bit more about this industry. So I ended up getting a mentor and he, he's been in the industry for 30 plus years. And so he mentored me and that was in 2018. I was with him. 2018? Yeah. 2017, 2018. And one of the things he said to me, so at that point I was part-time teaching. So I'd gone down to part-time, only afternoon. So I had clients in the morning, my teaching in the afternoon, and then I would come home and have clients in the late afternoon, evening. And my students, I, I, as, I'm, as this is happening, and remember I have adult students, I'm slowly separating myself from work. And so I'm like, okay, I, I get paid from 12.30 to 3. So I'm here at 12.25 and I leave at 3. And so my <laughs> students kind of started noticing and they actually asked me if I was okay. And I said, what do you mean? They're like, well, you know, like you used to be here early and stay late. I'm like, well, I have a business. I run a business. I have clients. So I have yeah. to go with them. And my, my mentor at the time, Kennedy, said to me, like, what are you doing with your day? Because I was feeling very, st- I'm starting to feel overwhelmed again. Because mm-hmm. now I've got two jobs, right? And right, I'm working right. full and it takes energy. And, yeah. and he said, let me see your schedule. So I showed him. He goes, so you go to the school like 12 hours a week? And I'm like, yeah. And it's like two and a half hours a day. He's like, yeah. So how are we going to replace that income? And I'm like, what? He goes, well, you need to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had always said I would never do coaching and training as a full-time job. I had always said that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, well, why? He goes, because you're, you're overwhelmed. You don't have time for everything. You can't be both. Mm-hmm. You can't be both. And you don't love teaching anymore. You are loving the wellness space. So why don't you be in the wellness space? And he literally said to me, how many clients do you need to replace your income for teaching? And I was like, I don't know. Well, he goes, go do some math and let me know. And I was like, two. He goes, all right, so let's get two clients so you can quit your job. So in August of 2019, I quit teaching completely. But the funny, the interesting thing, Don, is so all this time I'm working with my fitness mentor. I had a business mentor. I was working with a mindset coach who was amazing. Brenda Johnson is her name. Fabulous, amazing at what she does. And we were talking about work and my stress and how this was kind of coming back. And I was starting to have similar feelings as when the original event happened. And she's just like, you know, and she knows Kennedy and he, I said, he wanted, he said, I need to quit. She goes, oh yeah. So I had already decided that I was going to leave in 2018. I had already decided. I thought, okay, I'm going to do one more. I'm going to do another year. Right. And so 2019 comes January. I'm working with Brenda and I'm telling her about this plan. I'm going to do another year. I said, I'll do June, 2022. I'm going to quit. She goes, yeah. okay, write it on a piece of paper. And I wrote on a piece of paper and I had a session with her and she's like, so you're still looking at June, 2022. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, I bet you whatever you want that you're not going to even make it to September. And I'm like, I am so going back for one more year of teaching. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're, if you make it to June, I will be so surprised that you actually, and this was the spring of 2019. She yeah. goes, I don't even think you're going to make the end of the school year. I'm like, I'm not going to leave in the middle of the year. She's like, all I'm saying is you are not going to be teaching in September of 2019. And when you, and this is the power of the mind, right? This is the power of the subconscious mind. As soon as you decide, so I decided that I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to teach. I was going to be leaving teaching. Mm -hmm. As soon as that happened, then I started getting more clients. 
Then I started having clients say to me, can you train in the afternoon? I need to switch in in the summer. I need to switch to afternoons from mornings. Mm. And I'm like, well, because I couldn't take afternoon clients because I was teaching. Yeah. And so everything sort of starts kind of changing and aligning for you, right? So anyway, in August of 2019, I called my mentor and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And he's like, (laughs) what? You going to quit my job today? He's like, awesome. Call me back when you finish. And I'm like, and I called and sent an email to HR and that was it. And literally Dawn, as soon as I called and quit and sent in my paperwork, I got two clients texted me and said, I need afternoons starting next week. Wow. And I'm like, I have afternoons. So it's just how things happen. But that kind of was like, it was, it was longer than I had anticipated. I worked with a bioenergetic practitioner. We looked at my gut health. Um, Mm -hmm. My inflammation was so high that he's like, you can't exercise. Mm. And I'm like, what? I'm a tr- like, I'm, I, I'm working with people, like yeah. with teaching them stuff and showing, he goes, you can show a couple reps. He goes, but you can't exercise. He goes, you can't even walk. And I'm like, what? He goes, you are not absorbing anything. No water, no nutrition. Your gut health is so bad and your inflammation is so high mm. that you can't, you're not allowed. You, you're out of movement for three months. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, how am I gonna even do this? Yeah. How do you do my job, right? It was pretty intense and it was pretty hard, but I I did really that was, you know, that was also 2018. 2018 was a really pivotal year for me and really in changing my mindset and changing what I eat and changing my view of, you know, movement and mm. wellness. And like, I don't like the word exercise. I don't use it. I use the word movement um, because it's got a lot of, for people that have chronic pain, when you say the word exercise, they right. immediately shut down. And yeah. so languaging is also very important for yourself and for others. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a slow progression. It took me a while to learn because I was like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then I'll just have a flare up and then I'll be in bed and then I'll be fine. Yeah. And that's kind of how I did it. And I think a lot of people do that. They mm-hmm. just kind of get in this cycle and they're like, okay, but if I prepare and this is where, this is where the danger lies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do X, Y, Z on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm going to prepare myself on Friday I'm going to make sure I have naps on Saturday and Sunday and I'm going to have an off day on Monday because I'm going to be in bed. And that's what people that have chronic pain do. So if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, that, yeah, that sounds for me. Okay. You are in a cycle and you need, this is the cycle that needs to stop because you're preparing to be unwell. Oh yeah. Right. But because you're coping, Mm -hmm. you're not thriving, you're not living, you're just existing. Yeah. And so if that's where you are and you're like, yeah, that's kind of how my life goes is I got to prepare for a flare up, which is what I did all the time. Um, This is not life. And you're going to prepare for a flare up like I, okay, I I turned 50 um, last year. And so when this, when I was diagnosed, it was in my forties. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to like late, late thirties, early forties. I'm going to live like this and prepare for a flare up for the next 50 years. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. not, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's crazy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was progressive, um, to get to this point, but you need people to guide you and to help you. Yes. That's the key right there. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I so appreciate your transparency with just sharing that you didn't have all the answers and you knew that you needed help. Um, I think that's so, so important. So I'm just curious because I turned 50 last year as well. So when's your birthday? September the 18th. 
Oh, okay. I'm July 2nd. So that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, um, you know, again, so many great nuggets there. I think some of my big takeaways were that, you know, you got, you had to get really honest with yourself about where your stress was coming from. And I think it's so great that you, you know, had the, you know, the mentor and the people in your life that were able to speak that truth to you, that this is the source of your stress. And you know, and, and for those of you guys listening, you know, I, I've, I'm a former teacher as well. And I mean, I, gosh, as you were talking, I'm like, oh, I remember every day, just as soon as my last student would leave, I would lock the door, turn off the lights, ball crying, and I'm not a crier, but I was so stressed and so miserable being a teacher, but, you know, I had four kids at home. I needed the income. You know, I couldn't just, in my brain, I had told myself, I can't just quit, Right. Um, and yet we both were able to walk away from those stressful careers and we're thriving because of it. You know what I mean? So again, um, you know, we're not telling you quit your job, but at the same time, if you're very, very stressed and your job is a part of that stress, please remember that, you know, you can manifest things in your life. And, you know, I do believe that we all have lots of different gifts and talents. And, you know, just the fact that you have now, you know, kind of morphed into this personal trainer and, and things that you probably 15 years ago would have said, I would never be that, you know, and even what I do today, um, you know, with my business, I would have never, you know, 15 years ago thought that this is what I would be doing today. So um, just being open to that. But so, you know, so basically, as I think about just, you know, you evolving from this horrible season of pain to now, you know, living pain-free. So some of the key things I'm hearing is that you reduced stress big time, right? You, yep. So you, you, you changed your job situation. You didn't just abruptly quit. You kind of phased it out, right? You employed some mentors and coaches, to help you with your mindset, right? And then I also heard you say that, well, and then you started moving and being more intentional with movement. Um, the roller derby, I mean, so you added a new hobby that was exciting um, and got you moving. And then you also touched on, you change, I thought I heard you say, just even your eating habits. Um, so let's touch on that for a minute because I know just from a lot of my research, and just what I do in the wellness space, that there is a connection, you know, to autoimmune issues and your eating habits. So what are some changes? What was the, what did the old you used to eat like, and what have you evolved to today? Yeah. I would love to hear that. Yeah. So I just want to tap, I just want to hit the stress thing just before we move into the, yeah. um, so what I tell my clients, because Personal trainer, I do movement stuff, but it's not really, I, I'm, I do more coaching. I just say personal trainer because people know what that means. But Right, right. Um, so when it comes to stress, what I want people to do, so everyone that's listening, what I want you to do is I want you to make a list of all your stressors. Okay, write them on a piece of paper. And then what I want you to think about now is I want you to think about the idea that stress comes from two sources, internal and external. Okay. I don't, it's, there's lots of research on stress, but I like to keep it very, very simple. Internal, external. So my external stressors are the things that I don't really have control over. So other people, their responses, their opinions, what they say, what they do, schedules, traveling, air, airports, COVID, like I don't have it. Those are things I don't have control over. Okay. And 
when we think about external stressors, we can't really control them. We think we can, but we can't because oftentimes it's other people. Mm. Okay. With internal stressors, those are things we can control. So my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, what I eat, how I move, and I have control over those things. Okay. So when you look at your list and, and this podcast is an example of an external stressor Mm. because all I can do is provide value to your listeners, answer the questions that you ask me, provide some kind of insight, hopefully, or inspiration for people listening. But at the end of the day, I can I give 150% to this moment that we're together. And at the end of the day, the listeners can go, yeah, she's awesome. Or they go, yeah, Fran's not for me. And, and I have no control over that. So all I can control is coming here and being and giving as much as I can. And in the end, whether your listeners like it or even you like it is really out of my control. So sometimes people say, you go on podcasts, aren't you stressed? I'm not stressed at all because I have no control over the outcome. All I can do is show up and give my best. So external stressors, I really can't control. Internal, I can. So I want to go back to that list that you made of all your stressors. And now you're going to go through it one by one and you're going to label it I if it's internal and E if it's external. Once you finish that, you're going to cross off all the external ones because you have no control over them. And I do this with my clients all the time. I've done this in workshops. I do it all the time. I do it with myself. When you do that and really look at that list and decide, okay, this is really an external stressor, like my my spouse, my kids, those are external stressors. Mm-hmm. I think I can control them, but I know that really I can't. Yeah. I, I can kind of try to guide them to the answer or the the action that I want, but ultimately they choose, right? When you take those external stressors off, I have had people that I've worked with, I have clients that I've coached and they went, I have like two things that stress me out. Yeah, because you're worrying and stressing over everything that's external that you cannot change. So let's work on the things that are internal. So that's a very practical tool that you can use to deal with your stressors. Um, the other way to deal with stress, and, and I know you're asking about food and I'm going to get to it. Yeah, no, is, you're good. Uh, I want you to think about breath and yeah. how you breathe. So mm-hmm. I want everyone, yourself included, Don, I want you to close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes, but if you're, <laughs> yeah. close your eyes. And I want you to just take a quick scan over your body and see if there's an area that might feel a little bit of pain or a little bit of discomfort or tightness or tension. And when you find that area, what I would like you to do is put your hand on it if possible, okay? And then all I want you to do now is we're gonna inhale through our nose and we're gonna exhale through our mouth, okay? So when you inhale, you're gonna inhale relaxation and exhale release. I'm gonna inhale relaxation and exhale release. And again, one more time, inhale relaxation and exhale release and now just see how does that spot feel now is it a little bit is it a little bit looser is it a little bit more relaxed do you know what it, did you yeah. feel that and yeah. we only did three breaths right so there's receptors in our hand that give energy so find that spot that's stressful or that has some discomfort and breathe and allow that spot because by touching it, we teach the brain to connect to the muscle mm-hmm. to relax. 
So, so you can use very simple breath work. Yeah. Well, I love that. Cause I mean, I've done a lot of breath work and I, I know there's so much power in that, but just like you said, applying your hand to that area, that's like, I love that. That's a great, great strategy. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you so much. So you're welcome. Now to yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I honestly, I I've been gluten-free. Okay. So I've been gluten-free for 20 something, 25 years yeah. like that. Um, so there are foods that are inflammatory. And they cause inflammation in the gut, gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, and soy. Yeah, they yep. cause inflammation, and yep. there's lots of research to back it up. And I know there's also lots of research that says it doesn't affect anything. And so, you as listeners will choose the one that you would like to follow. Um, but I know for myself that sugar is a huge inflammatory food for me. So, if I have sugar, my inflammation level increases and then I get pain. Mm -hmm. So I would really think about <clears throat> what you're eating. So I always tell people when I say this, they're like, oh my God, those are all the foods that I eat. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, then that might be where the problem, no, yeah. that could be where the issue is. But yeah. what I say to people, pick one to get rid of. Yeah. Just pick one. So if you're, if I'm going to go in order of hierarchy, for people, I'm going to say sugar, gluten, dairy, soy, and corn. Those are the, that's the order that I would put them in. But for me, gluten is always number one. I don't have it. I haven't had it for 25 years. I mean, there's so many options out there, but yeah, you have yeah. to think about what's happening with the gut health. If your gut is not healthy, which means you are not absorbing what you're eating. So mm -hmm. this is where we have to think about our poop. <laughs> yeah. You have to know what's happening and, and, are you regular, meaning two or three a day? Yeah. That's regular and formed and mm -hmm. not pain and no gas. Like we shouldn't have, you shouldn't have a gas. You shouldn't have bloating after you eat. That's not normal. If it is, if that's what you're experiencing, you have some bacteria in there that are basically are having a party. Every yeah, time you yeah. give them things, especially sugar, yeah. They're like, Woo, let's party. And when you try and eliminate it, what will happen is your body will get very angry at you and yeah. you'll get pain and you'll be grumpy and you'll be tired and irritable. And you just won't want, you might get breakouts because you're detoxing stuff. You might, you might have skin issues that come up, dryness or things like that, itchiness because your body's detoxing, but the bacteria in your gut are like, we don't like this. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make you feel very uncomfortable. So this is the thing to notice is that when you give something up, so let's say you give up sugar, then you're going to get this reaction from the body. That's like, mm -hmm. we don't like that. This is not the way that we do things anymore. Yep. We don't want to change. Yep. So you have to be mindful of that. This too shall pass. Yep. <laughs> yep. Change. But the thing is, is that when you are in a pain cycle, and when I say pain cycle, I don't mean flare because what, what I mean is you, people that have chronic pain, you are up here for pain. So you're at like a nine, let's say eight or nine out of 10. And when you have a non flare or a normal day in quotation marks, you come down to a five mm. and then you have a flare and brings you back up to nine. So you're never, ever at zero. So, mm. and think about when I said before I was at like 15 out of 10. Yeah. So when I got to eight, I was like, this is fantastic. And my husband was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Now, now, you know what a painful time is for me, a flare? I'm at a three. Wow. And my husband yeah. even asks me, he'll say, like, I'll be like, oh, babe, I'm in pain. And he's like, are you, are you really? 
And I'm like, well, why would you say, it? you know, I get very defensive. Yeah. He's like, I'm just asking if you're really in pain. I'm like, yeah, I'm in pain. He goes, what's your number? I'm like three. And he's like, three. Psh. <laughs> because I'm, but I'm used to being at zero. Yeah. Like a one. If you know, I do a lot of movement or, you know what I mean? Or overdo yeah. it. I'm at a one. So for me, three is like, Whoa, Oh my God. Call the ambulance. <laughs> terrible but in real life it's not but when you're in the when you're in pain and you're in inflammation you're just there you live there so any little down spot down swoop makes you feel good you're like i'm only at five today that's fantastic which it is but you're still in the inflammation cycle Mm. so you actually have to eliminate and heal the gut so sometimes even things you know don like legumes legumes are a very hard to digest food yeah yeah. And if you have gut issues and you're not absorbing yeah. things, the so black beans, chickpeas, yeah. you know, uh, all that grains, any yeah. kind of grain, quinoa, yeah. I know it's a superfood and I love quinoa, but when you're in yeah. the inflammation and your gut is not healthy, mm-hmm. quinoa is not helpful. That's right. So That's you true. have to really look at what it is that you're eating and how it impacts your body. And the thing is, is if you constantly are giving it things that it doesn't like and you're in an inflamed state, you're constantly inflamed. So you don't right. actually know what not having inflammation looks like because right. you don't know what that is. You don't exist in that area. Yeah. Well, so you really, when you can actually eliminate it. So I, I say, like I said, pick one, mm-hmm. pick sugar, get rid of sugar. Okay. And do it for two weeks, even a week. I've had clients that have done it for a week and I, that have arthritis and gout and other fibro yeah. and stuff. And I've gotten messages from them after three days and they've went, oh my God, the yeah. swelling in my hands is down. After three days of just not having it. And after a week, they're like, oh my God, like I don't, I don't have that much pain now. Like I get, went for a walk without pain. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because you're, you're healing your gut and you're really reducing the inflammation. It yeah. will take time, like seven days. I mean, of course, is not going to fix everything, but if you're always inflamed and you're, then you take mm-hmm. out those foods that cause the inflammation and pain, then your body can start to heal itself and recover. Yeah. So yeah, be very mindful of what goes in the body. And I would say you probably experience this with your clients. Mm-hmm. Everybody has gut health issues. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. has inflammation and poor yeah. gut health. Yeah. Unless you actually have healed it, you have it. Yeah. And if yeah. you're, if you have any kind of bloating or gas or anything, like you shouldn't have gas when you, after you eat, like your body yeah. should absorb the food it needs and eliminate the rest. There should be no gas and bloating. Mm-hmm. And if you have that, then there's a, there's a gut health issue. Um, well, and like you said, I think too, just the regularity, like I, I work with so many people that they don't go number two every day, or maybe they only go once a day and they think they're regular. And to your point, like, no, you should be going multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh, no, that's so good. And gosh, what else was I going to say? Um, dang it. You said something now I lost my train of thought, but, but I'm so glad that we had this discussion about gut health because that is like a brain in our body as well. And, uh, you know, and I, I love that you touched on the grain issue because you know, I was one of those people in the wellness space that, you know, I ate a lot of legumes. I thought quinoa, all those things were good, but yet I was really suffering with a lot of inflammation. And, you know, I do work with a great doctor now that really brought to light the truth about when you're in that inflamed state, 
You've got to get off the grains. You've got to get off the sugar. I ate a lot of oats. I ate gluten-free oats. And I thought this is awesome, but I was constantly bloated, constantly had stomach issues. So I had to give up the oats. And I mean, my stomach issues have massively, um, you know, dwindled just by, you know, making some of those tweaks and, you know, and, and we don't want to speak to like a certain diet or anything on here, but I will say this, that the doctor that I'm working with, um, you know, I, he does believe very much, and I've seen the positive benefits of a keto diet and, uh, you know, keto is what it's a, it can be a healing diet. Um, you know, it's not something, this is just, again, his research and his, um, you know, perspective. It's not something you should do all the time. He believes in diet variation that we do need to kind of change up things in our bodies. But, um, but I have personally just seen some benefits, of getting rid of the sugar, the grains, and kind of having more of a, a healthy fat, yeah. you know, um, lower carb kind of intake, uh, thanks to the keto, um, yeah. diet, but anyway, so, okay, cool. Yeah. And right. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe, to, I, yeah, but I'm, I gluten, I'm gluten-free though. So that yeah. would be right. Diet perspective, yes. yeah. But, um, the thing, um, Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> well, and I was gonna say I'm the same way. Like I am not like, oh, you need to be keto no, 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 no. or whatever. But oh, I know I'm... what I was gonna say. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Don. I was yeah. gonna say when it comes to digestion. So this is something that I learned that I didn't really realize, and I learned this from my osteopath. And osteopaths in Canada are very different than in the states. So oh, if you need an osteopath, you got to come across the border because. <laughs> Ours, like yours are doctors of osteopathy, but they're really doctors and they do a little bit of osteopathy. Ours yeah, very yeah. much are only osteopathy and it's a very yeah. different, anyway, yeah, podcast. But uh, what I learned from my osteo was greens, lettuce, and things like that are very difficult for your digestive tract. And mm. if you have inflammation, very hard for your body to digest. Mm. So when you actually go to the bathroom, you might actually see pieces of food that are coming mm -hmm. out and that's another thing check check after you go what's going yeah. on in there yeah like if yeah. you can see food you're not digesting that yeah that's that's yeah. a that's a and trigger I, so that's important as well so yeah. yeah the guy i don't prescribe to any particular diet per se but yes right. again when you know what affects you and you only know that by taking it out Mm -hmm. And then you can yeah. do a test and put it back in and see what happened. My husband was for years was like, I don't have to worry about being gluten free. And our whole house is gluten free, everything. Yeah. From like skincare products and hair products to yeah. food. And um, he and I said to him, okay, that's fine, but I'm gluten free. So we're not buying gluten. So yeah. this is how it's going to be. And now when he eats it, mm -hmm. he the effects of it because yeah. he doesn't have it every day it's not what we have in our house so he'll go somewhere and they'll be like there's rolls or whatever yeah so i have no idea something that's got yeah. gluten in it. He's like, i'm gonna eat all the pasta yeah. go right ahead but then he's like man i don't feel good yeah because mm -hmm. you ate gluten and never eat it it's yeah. out of your system yeah. so once you remove it then you know how your body should feel yeah. and then when you eat something you know what the trigger is right away yeah it's well, it is take does take time to track it and and learn about your body but if you listen your body will tell you what's going on yeah well and i think the powerful just takeaway from all of this is that you know unfortunately a lot of doctors are not trained in the connection of food to pain and food to our health issues and so you know they just i mean i, I read a lot of books and i've got a master's in english and i'm a big nerd when it comes to research and they just they don't get nutritional training and so you know, because of that, 
they don't know when you come in and you've got all these pains and you have all these things going on, they don't think food is medicine. They don't think to say, you know, maybe you should get off the grains. Maybe you should get off the sugar. That's causing your inflammation. Instead, they say, hey, take this pill, take this medicate, whatever. And so again, that's the heart of this podcast today is you are hearing from Fran, someone who has taken ownership of her health and said, you know what, I'm going to start using food as medicine and make tweaks and changes that are specific to me and see how I feel. And so again, if you're listening to this and you are living with a lot of pain, just know that your diet can be a big piece of that. And you may have to to remove things and just kind of test things out and see how you feel. So I love that we've kind of morphed into this topic a little bit, uh, but I want to move on to another question. So, because I think this is a big one, just can you talk a little bit about the connection between pain and people's emotions? Because there is a huge connection there. Um, so let's let's kind of move over to that. Lane okay. Now. So again, we're gonna go to the simplistic version. I'm not getting into all these. There are so many things yeah. you can get there. So basically, we our body stores our emotions. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think about it. as you were being as you were growing up and raised. How were you raised? Were you were you allowed to cry? Were you allowed to say that you were upset about something, or did you have to keep your mouth shut? Were you told that crying showed that you were weak? Or that, you know, when you cry, like when I get frustrated, I cry. That's, that's what happens to me. Or if I get very angry, which I don't get very angry very often, but when I do, that's what happens. The emotion comes out and it comes out in tears. And so I, when I was raised, I was told, no, you, we don't cry and we don't talk about things that make us upset and we keep all that stuff in. So all you're doing is suppressing these emotions. Your body has to do something with them. So it can cause pain in your body. It can cause sleep problems. It can cause eczema. It can cause acne. It can cause fibro. Like all of these emotions that we have in our life and in our bodies have to be released and expressed. And if we don't do that, we keep them inside and our body has to do something with it. Right. And it often results in causing pain. So there are a lot, there's a great book. I don't know if you know, Louise Hay, do you know, Louise Mm -hmm. Hay? life so she she recently passed away at i think 90 something anyway the book title again you can heal your life okay she's got lots she's got probably hundreds of books but that's one of her main books and her whole thought her whole process is about thoughts and emotions and how they connect to the body and how we experience pain and so there are things that are going on. So I want you to think about it. And I, some people will be like, this is kind of woo woo. And it's not woo woo because there's lots of science behind it. But we have energy that runs through our body. And if we have any blockage of energy, we get pain because the energy can't actually move. So those are the ancient meridians, right? Or if we look at the chakras, this right here, the heart chakra and my chest here, this is connected to stress and this is connected to love. And if you feel stress or you don't feel love, you will feel tightness or you will feel tenderness in this area because you are holding on to this emotion Mm -hmm. and the biggest piece of work that I have done personally and I do with my clients is the act of forgiveness forgiving other people is very very important to releasing trauma Mm -hmm. and pain in your body and asking for forgiveness from others so receiving it as well is very very important and if you and we think we are taught 
when somebody hurts us or we are upset or angry or whatever, they break our heart maybe, um, if we don't think about it and we don't talk about it, we have released it. Mm-hmm. It's done. That's not true. We actually hold that in our body. So until you actually forgive somebody and release the emotion and feel the emotion, this is the thing. It's not a cognitive experience. It's an emotional experience. You have to feel the emotion attached to whatever that situation is and truly forgive the person. And the best way to do that is when there actually is no emotion left. You have to go. So I always say to people, you have to go through it to get through it. And that is the most important piece. And so if there's anybody listening that you're like, okay, I'm doing all the things and I'm moving and I'm talking to a therapist or I'm seeing somebody and I'm eating well, I'm doing, I'm reducing my stress and you are not getting to where you want to go. I, my question is, are you dealing with your emotions? Have you dealt with the negative emotions that you hold on to? And that is everywhere, Dawn. So I want you to think about the people that are in your life. There is, we all have at least one person, maybe, hopefully we've gotten rid of them, but maybe not, that is negative about everything. Everything's a problem. And those people, and so this is my strategy for you, those people like response. So when you're with those people and they start going on the negativity, all I want you to do is go, mmm, mmm, <laughs> nod your head and go, mmm, oh, do not contribute, do not <laughs> contribute and do not engage because what's going to happen is those people like the interaction yeah. when they don't get it from you, they're going to go to somebody else. Yeah. And eventually what happens with relationships, and this is where a lot of the negativity and the negative emotions and thoughts come in is the people around us. When we stop engaging with them, those people will remove themselves. Yes. You yeah. won't have to do it. You won't have to say, sorry, Don, we're not going to be friends anymore because you're too yeah. negative. You're just going to say your things and I'm going to go, mm, 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 mm. and not say anything to you. And eventually you're going to be like, man, Fran's not giving me the impact that I want. She's not interacting with me. I need some drama. Like yeah, I need, that's right. She's not doing it for me. I'm going to somebody and those people will leave. Yeah. They will remove themselves. But when we don't deal with the emotions that we have personally, that we've stored, our body manifests pain. It, yeah. it, it does. There's so much research out there about pain and emotions and yeah. how our body actually stores that trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can heal your life is a fantastic resource. Dr. Joe Dispenza also um, has some great resources, a book called Becoming Supernatural. So mm-hmm. he's actually a medical doctor, but also deals with emotions and thoughts and mm-hmm. how that affects the body and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, so that's really important. But forgiveness, you you yeah. you forgive, yeah. and we feel justified to not forgive. Mm. We, and the thing, one of my coaches said to me once, I don't know where he got it from. He might have read it, but he said, "You holding on to anger and resentment towards somebody else and not forgiving them is like you drinking poison and expecting them to die, mm. because crazy. it's so yeah. toxic for us." So yeah. just it i mean did they wrong me sure am i upset about it i was does it matter now not really because they you know we all have our own strategies of how we were taught to deal with things Mm -hmm. and how we were that's how we were raised and so whatever tools we were given were the ones that we were given maybe from parents or caregivers or whoever and that's the tools that that they have so if they hurt me 
Was it intentional? I don't know. But they were dealing and living and, and existing with the tools that they were given by right. their caregivers. So they can only do what they can do. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. I'm yes. not excusing, I'm not excusing right. bad behavior or abuse yeah. or anything like that. But the reality is, is it, it like, think about it. It's a cycle. They're in a yeah. cycle of abuse. That's yeah. what they know. Yep. And it's we can wrong. break the cycle. I mean, that's the thing is that we can take ownership of that and break the cycle. I mean, you know, I come from a, a family of a lot of addicts and um, alcoholics and, you know, a long history of that, but you know what, I've been intentional that that's worth stopping that cycle, you know, yeah. here. So no, I love that. And I already bought that book. <laughs> so while you were talking, I went on Amazon, just so you guys know, cause I'm so intrigued by that. Um, it's only 10 bucks. You can heal your life. Um, it's a great yeah. reason. Well, and as you're talking, I mean, you know, again, like I've shared, I mean, I'm on my own healing journey. So I kind of selfishly do this podcast for myself too, just to, you know, get around amazing people um, to fill my cup. And, you know, I know like I was, I never cry. I'm not a crier. Like I hold on to a lot of emotions. And, you know, I think that the older that we get, our buckets get a little more full and you have to address those things. And so I know for me, um, I know when you were talking earlier too, just about that kind of workaholic, you know, phase that you were in, in your life. Um, that's one of the big reasons that we moved to Florida last fall was the beach is my happy place. And it is the one place that I can relax and that, um, I can just unplug. And so I live three miles from the ocean, from the most beautiful ocean, um, out there. I mean, the beach that I live at is pure heaven and, you know, there's so much power and just grounding, just getting your toes in the sand and then just the powerful effects of uh, just getting sunlight. And I know some of you might be listening going, well, I can't move to Florida. And I would challenge you and say, maybe you could, you know, hey, I picked up my family and it was, it did bring on some stress, but it's been so worth it. Um, but, you know, just even getting out in the sun daily, you know, just the powerful effects of vitamin D and, you know, there's a lot of impact there with helping reduce inflammation, grounding after it rains. Yeah. 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 After it rains going out barefoot. I mean, we've had a lot of storms here and, you know, I'm like the weirdo neighbor that goes out barefoot and walks around in my grass yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, but I know we've been talking for a long time and it's so funny because I told Fran before, I'm like, okay, we like to keep these 30, 40 minutes. No, but it's not your fault. Like everyone listening. I hope you're just like me, like this could go on for hours and it's phenomenal. So, I mean, trust me, I, I would have, uh, tried to land the plane sooner if I was like, this is just, you know, getting too long, but it's been phenomenal. Um, and just lots and lots of takeaways. So, um, but as we move kind of into your last question, so, you know, we just, we've covered so many great things today, Fran. And again, the heart of it is we want to help you, um, you know, with strategies so that you can live a more pain-free life. And the reality is, anyone listening to this, you're probably dealing with pain in some way, um, whether it's internal, external. Um, and I know we've already given you so many great tips, but, you know, from your experience, from your clients, your own personal journey, Fran, what are three things that you want to equip people with to help them minimize their pain? And I know we've covered a lot of different things, but let's keep this very simple and specific to three things. Um, and then 
along with that, um, I would love for you to just kind of give a little plug for your website and your tool that you are offering today as well. So, yeah. So three things that I would say that everybody should be doing to minimize your pain is number one, find the trigger for your pain. What is the source of the pain? And then once you know that you can work on reducing it and hopefully even eliminating it. So what is your trigger or triggers? That's very, very important. Number mm -hmm. two is my husband says this to me. There are lots of things to think about, but there's nothing to worry about. Mm. That's good. So if you are a person that thinks about a lot of things, my tip for you is you're going to set aside a time every week and it's going to be your worrying time. And you're just going to make yourself a list of all the things you want to worry about. So I have a client who does it at Fridays at 4.30 for half an hour is worry time. And she makes a list. And she said, but when she gets to her worry time, she's like, okay. And she blocks it out. It's in her calendar. And she just looks at her list and she goes, oh, that's, no, that's not even important anymore. Oh, that fixed itself. Oh, so she goes, when I get to my stress time and my worry time, usually most of my list is gone. Wow. But so really think about, there are things to think about, nothing really to worry about, but set aside some time if you feel the need to worry. Mm. Okay, so give yourself a schedule and appointment for that. So that's my second one. So Love one, that. you're going to know what your triggers are. So track it and figure out. Number two, you're going to set aside some worry time every week. And then the third thing I want you to think about is I would really, really love you to breathe and move. I don't mean lift heavy weights. I don't mean go for a 10K run. I mean breathe through your nose, exhale through your mouth, inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, and move your body, whatever that looks like for you. I love Qigong. has been a huge um, uh, change that I've incorporated into my life, and it has reduced my inflammation. Like I've never even heard of it. What is that? It's like Tai Chi, but it's a little bit more relaxed. Okay. It's based in martial arts. It's a it's a series of movements that you do, but okay. it is your energy, and Qigong helps you cultivate your energy, and you use what you need, and you you take what you need from the universe mm -hmm. and from the earth around you. So yeah. it's a very mindful practice. It's a moving meditation, basically with yeah. breath work. I love that. But so All move right. it. Those are my three tips. I love it. I tell you what, tip number two. That is genius. Like I've never, cause I, I can be a worrier. Like I find myself sometimes, you know, my mom's always said like 99% of what you worry about never even comes true. So I always hear my mom in the, in the background saying that, but you know, I love that quote that your husband lots to think about, but nothing to worry about and scheduling worry time. That is so, so genius. So I love that. Um, all right. So let's, let the listeners and the viewers, how can they get in touch with you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, just share all of those different ways. Sure. And then I want to give you kind of just the final mic drop moment to share um, just kind of some parting thoughts with everyone before we um, close this down today. So, okay. yeah. all right. So you can find me on Instagram, Fran Garten Pain Coach. And you, I also have a website, frangartencoaching.com. Um, those are probably the two best ways you can message me through Insta or you can email me through the website. Um, I provide a lot of different services. My key service actually is my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. It's a 12 week coaching program and I work with clients to, you know, identify what is going on. So basically we identify what your triggers are. We reduce your inflammation. We get rid of negativity and we reduce your stress and all of those things by doing those four key things, your pain will go down. And I teach people to live pain-free. 
But the reality is, what whatever your situation is, you, and this is sort of my final thought really, Dawn, you okay. have the power to change things. Yes. And you have to want mm -hmm. to have something better. Mm. And if you don't want to change things, or if you say to yourself, oh, it's too hard, or it's going to be too many things will be uncomfortable, my family won't like it or what? Well, your family doesn't like you. Like, this is your family's not happy with you now because you're in pain and you're grumpy and you're irritable and you don't want to do anything with them. Like and you're canceling things and you like you're not living your life. So right now, your family doesn't really like you. <laughs> They have to, because they're your family. They can't just leave. But the thing is, they don't really like the the you that you are right now. And that's not your true self. Your true self is the person that lives without pain. The person that knows what their triggers are. They know the things that might cause them some stress. And they change their environment to minimize all of these things so that they can live pain-free. That's who you are. You are not designed to live in pain. That's not who we're meant to be we have pain periodically but we don't live in it so you have the choice it's completely up to you and myself dawn we have a huge network of people that we can connect you with and we can help you and you know i always do a free no obligation pain call with people so if you're interested you can schedule that through my website or through my instagram and we'll talk for 15 20 minutes and i'll give you some suggestions and strategies no obligation to work with me i just want people to live pain free and I'm happy to help them in any way. And if you go to my Instagram and website, I'm just trying to make sure I'm right. <laughs> I think I'm right. There is a pain-free quiz that you can do. And it's just a bunch of statements and you just check them off, yes or no. And depending on what you select, it will give you some suggestions on where you might look to make changes to reduce the pain and what might be going on with you. I love that. I appreciate that. I had to mute myself because all four of my crazy dogs just decided to bark. So there must've been a delivery or something. Maybe my Amazon books already shown up. Right. Um, but no, thank you so much. And I just want you to know too, Fran, and just all of you guys listening that, um, her pain-free questionnaire, your quiz, and just ways that you guys can get in touch with her. I should have prefaced this, um, will be in the show notes. So you guys can just look in the show notes. If you're listening to this as a podcast, it's down there um, also on YouTube. So definitely go check that out. I know that I did. You have a phenomenal website. So um, just lots of great resources. Um, just thank you so much for your time. And, you know, and I have to say, I think this is my longest podcast ever, but I say that in a loving way because it's been phenomenal. And uh, I just think that we went or you went way over and beyond just even our topic today. Um, just really diving into some things that I think are going to really add a lot of value and really help a lot of people. And uh, just shows a lot about your heart. And um, I'm just, you know, so grateful for just your willingness to pay it forward and just really, really appreciate you today. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart. And, and I just think it's, it's people like you, um, who are out there, who've lived it, who've gone through it, who've come out on the other side and who are brave enough to speak about it and to take time out of their busy lives to educate. That's how we're going to heal. Um, and so um, I just really, really appreciate you, Fran. So guys, as always, um, it's a privilege and an honor to spend time with you. This uh, show drops every Monday. Um, and of course, you guys can always go check out my website, uh, at dawnfunk.com. And if you just click on that healthy you link, 
Um, if you are listening to this podcast, but you're not actually getting the notification every Monday, um, you know, go sign up for that. Uh, my assistant Katie is amazing. And she makes sure that, you know, everyone gets those emails with the links so that you don't miss a week. Um, and as always too, I just, I know that, you know, as you're listening to this, I'm sure that, you know, I'm a spiritual person. So, you know, to me, it's God who puts it on my heart. Um, you know, sometimes I listen to things. I'm like, oh my gosh, so-and-so needs to hear this episode like this already today. I'm like, Fran, I have a, a long list of people that I'm like, they've got to hear this today. And so if you're listening to this and you can think of people that need to hear Fran's story, please share this with them. Um, you know, please send them to donfunk.com, have them sign up or just, you know, set, you know, send them the link for this specific episode. Um, but we want to help impact as many people as possible. So as always, thank you so much for listening today. Um, and, you know, maybe you want to re-listen and take some notes. I know I've got like 5,000 post-its here. I need to transfer to a journal, but, uh, you know, again, thank you and God bless all of you guys. And just thank you so much for being on here today, Fran. Just really appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today on the Healthy You Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your family and friends to help us help more people. And lastly, be sure to check out donfunk.com for additional tips and resources. Have an amazing rest of the day, friends.